Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience, continuing yep. some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious, and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Uh, Great Luke, yes. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge count? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Right. 
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard To sight to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright Gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright Gonna learn today Alright, 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 alright Shalom, shalom, shalom Shalom, good morning Shalom to the 12 tribes worldwide um, It is your guy, it's that dude It's me, uh, Mashak I welcome you to another episode of ISBHPK Presents Bible Talk. The Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge Presents Bible Talk. Welcome. As you know, we have schools located um, across America, uh, San Antonio, Texas, at 4444 uh, Walsham, uh, San Antonio, Texas, 78217, the address there. Um, uh, they have classes Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and also Saturdays. Uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays uh, uh, from 7 to 9. And then they have the Sabbath class starting at 10 a.m. to about uh, so, so, uh, 12, figure, uh, two, uh, 2 a.m. or 2 p.m., I'm sorry, uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, we also have a school, a school location in Houston, Texas, um, headed by the brother Quatazat and the brother Lakparab. Then we also have a school in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, headed by Kazakia and the brother Aliyah Amawan. And then uh, Rochester, New York, with the brother uh, Zion Allen hand things up up there. Um, well, well, yeah, I guess the weather's starting to break here a little bit. Um, for the past two days, uh, there's been ice, ice days here in the San Antonio region. And I know across America, uh, we're dealing with the, 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 this weather um, and, and uh, the, the freeze that's been taking place. But uh, I guess it's starting to warm up. It's warming up enough here in San Antonio to where school they, open, they reopened the schools. For the past two days, they had closed the schools, but for today, they finally did open the schools. So it's, it's supposed to be getting, getting warmer as far as it's, it's not uh, below freezing. It's still cold out here. I ain't going to lie about that. But it, it's, it's, not, it's not freezing at below. So with that, that's definitely a, a, a change that's, take, that's taking place. Um, as you know, the, for the announcements, um, Passover is coming up. Uh, April 9th. All right, Passover's coming up April 9th. I'm uh, really to join us, um, the ISBHBK family and schools uh, in, uh, this, this year. Uh, it's being hosted in uh, Newport, Newport News, Virginia, which is you know, um, um, right there next to uh, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. I'd like to, uh, we ask that if you'd like to attend, you and your family, uh, please uh, send an RSVP. Uh, please go to isbhpk.com. That's isbhpk.com. And uh, once, once you pull the webpage up, uh, it, it's right there, front and center. Uh, they have a, uh, an invitation, RSV, RSVP um, link uh, that you can uh, uh, tap on uh, to give your name, your family's name, how many members of your family uh, will be attending the Passover this year. Um, just let, let, let the, the families out there know, the, the brothers out there know um, how many people might be coming. Let's try and get a guesstimate. But how many people come and say how much land needs to be purchased, how many matzahs need to be purchased, how much wine needs to be purchased, 
how much better herbs need to be purchased, um, again, how many plates, tables, um, um, uh, eating, eating utensils uh, uh, need, need to be uh, secured uh, for the Passover. So just helping give a, a, ballpark, a ballpark. If you'd like to attend, uh, uh, please go to isbhpk.com. There is a, um, a link for the Passover. Uh, uh, fill it out and, and let them know, please, as soon as possible. Um, they haven't officially announced it, uh, but they are asking for a donation. Um, they are asking for a donation. Um, uh, they're asking for a minimum of $300 per family to help, to help pay for the cost of the, of the building and help pay for the cost of all the, um, again, all the food and everything uh, that needs to be uh, uh, supplied. Get a text here on one second, please. Well, one second, you know, get a message from uh... cool. I, I again a, a text from Brother Gabarkawa. He won't, he won't be joining us this morning. I uh, haven't uh, taken care of some issues. Cool. So again, that's for a ten dollar um, uh, uh, donation per family. Uh, just to help pay for for the expenses of, of the Passover. Um, uh, so, just getting that out of the way. All right, brothers and sisters. Uh, last night we started a class uh, entitled Temptation, and uh, this morning we'll conclude with uh, this 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 show. Um, the second part of dealing with temptation. All right, it's the second part of dealing with temptation. Uh, last night what we covered and it was going over. I was really trying to lay, down, lay a foundation and get an understanding um, across the people that uh, we looked at and we, we were examining uh, the temptations of Christ, um, uh, particularly when he got his temptation. When, when he was actually, when the Bible records, uh, his temptation actually started. And we were seeing that Christ was doing everything right uh, in the eyes of God, that, that, um, he went and got ba- He was 30 years of age. He went and got baptized, um, and that um, he had told John the Baptist that yeah, it was it was good for them to fulfill uh, righteousness, and understanding that righteousness is uh, keeping the law. That to do, do things um, uh, to be our, our righteousness is determined by us keeping commandments of the Most High. So he got baptized, uh, and at the age of 30. Uh, and this was actually to start the ministry. This was actually for him to start his servitude, um, uh, for his service in serving the Most High. That according to the law uh, that, that was handed down by Moses, a priest couldn't start his, his service in the ministry or his service of the tabernacle or, or serving the Most High until he was, he was uh, uh, at least 30 years of age. Right? That, that's something that had to, be ha- that had to happen. And that before a priest, when they started their office or started their service, I should say that's a better word, started their service for the Most High, they had to cleanse themselves. They had to wash in water. So for, you, for Christ to go ahead now and get baptized, that wasn't a, a new thing um, 
that, that had just started at that time with John the Baptist, that baptisms or washings or cleansings had been a part of the, of the Israelite culture since the days of Moses, that, you, that we had to be cleansed, we had to be clean, and we had to uh, um, bathe ourselves in water. We had to wash ourselves in water. So, so the, again, just the history uh, of, of baptisms. Baptism, baptism didn't start with John the Baptist. Right, uh, being uh, and being cleansed didn't start with John the Baptist. That 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 uh, that ritual, for lack of a better word, that ritual, that tradition, that was something that was, that was part of the law going all the way back to the days of Moses. That uh, if you're going to serve the Most High, especially concerning the priests, that whenever they came to do their service or they came to do their ministry, they had to cleanse themselves. Right, they had to be cleansed. They had to be. They had, they had to be washed in water. Um, uh, and, and then at the age of thirty, and then begin the, their service. Right, it went, and as we were reading last night, it went from thirty to fifty. That the service of the minister, the service, of, service the service of the priest, uh, was a twenty-year commitment, and they could not start their ministry until they were thirty. They couldn't start their service of God. Until they were 30 And we covered all that last night So if you missed any part of that show uh, Please uh, check us out At www.blogtalkradio.com Let me pull that webpage up Type in my name in the search box M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A And that will bring you to our episode page And it will be the first one there It will be the first one there It says Temptation all right, that, that's named the title of the show. It's just temptation, um, and you, you go, go ahead and listen to it, check it out, be able to catch up on anything you might have missed uh, uh, as we continue on again with this part two uh, this morning. Okay, brothers and sisters, with that, um, this is extremely bad timing. This is extremely bad timing, but I need to take a, a quick intermission. I need to take a quick intermission, and then we're going to get into. Um, this second part of dealing with temptation. All right, we'll, uh, let me quick, uh, take a quick transmit, uh, uh, intermission, and we're going to deal with this uh, uh, second part of temptation uh, briefly.
alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Thank you all for your patience. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. In the Hebrew, in the Hebrew uh, language, we say sawada, right, which means no words, sawada, uh, for, for, for your patience in, in, in that little uh, uh, intermission. Cool. So last night, brothers and sisters, in dealing with temptation, in dealing with the, the topic or subject of temptation, um, we had to examine how Christ got tempted and when Christ got tempted. That... We don't read in, in, the, in the history of Christ that Christ didn't get tempted until he was 30 years of age, and he actually was starting his ministry, that it was said to him, um, uh, right after he got baptized at the age of 30, that the Most High said that the heavens opened up, um, they saw the Holy Spirit descending like, a, like a, uh, a dove upon him, and there was the voice heard from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So for Christ to start his service, he was beginning to start his ministry or his service to God as a priest, right? That he wasn't a priest his whole entire life, right? That he didn't start his, his ministry of actually preaching and teaching until he was 30, 30 years of age. And that he was doing the right thing. He was doing the right in the eyes of God, and God even uh, announced and proclaimed this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. But it says immediately after he was baptized uh, to begin his ministry, he was led by, by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted for that 40 days and 40 nights. Um, and then he was hung, he was a hungered. Um, and that the, temp, the tempter, uh, as recorded in Matthew chapter 4, the tempter came. And that's what it says, the tempter came. And, and, and gave him the, those three, uh, the three great temptations. The one thing that we were discovering, we were, we were examining in Christ dealing with temptation is that each temptation that was, that was um, uh, levied against him was about him pleasing himself. All right? that each temptation that, that Christ was, was, was offered was about him, uh, is he going to please himself? Is he going to put himself first? That from the 40 days and 40 nights that he was hungry, that, uh, that he didn't eat any food, he didn't, he didn't touch any food for a month and 10 days. And it was when he was at that point of starvation, that point of, of hunger, really, really at his, at, um, I mean, at, at, his, at, his, at his peak, um, that that's when the tempter came to him and, uh, and, and said, well, if you really are the son of God, if the most high is really, like, like otherwise saying, if the most high is really with you, um, he really is pleased with you, you're out here doing all this suffering for these past 40 days. Go ahead and use your power for yourself and turn these stones into bread. Take matters in your own hands and please yourself. Finally, go ahead and ease your suffering. And as we was dealing with the definition of, of temptation, that I'm going to go back to it again uh, here in my notes, that from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, when dealing with the word temptation, it tells us it's the act of tempting, and we want to pay attention to where it says, the incitement to evil by arguments, by flattery, or by the, uh, off, or, or the offer of some real or apparent good. That the tempter or the temptations 
that Christ was presented with, which also we get presented with, is an argument uh, or, or some flattery or the offer of some real or apparent good. That am I going to be? Am, are we going to be tempted or enticed to do something for ourselves to put ourselves first? And we can see that that's what Christ was being presented with. If the Most High is with you, if God is with you, then you need to use your power for you. You need to do for you. Um, and that was the temptation. Now, I, who was also bringing up last night is not evil. Bread is not evil, right? To eat bread, that's not against the law. You never, we're never, we're not gonna find anywhere in the law where it's against God's law to eat bread, except it's, except it's the Day of Atonement, right? That's the only, only time um, Israel cannot eat. That's the, the only law that we're ever given. Is that during the time of the Day of Atonement, we cannot eat anything, we can't drink anything. And beyond that, it is not unlawful to eat bread. So why was this a temptation now to eat bread? It, at this particular time, it was a temptation. Are you going to use the power that you have for your own advantage? Are you going to go ahead and use the, your relationship and, and, and telling yourself or whatever, and knowing that God is with you, knowing that you're pleasing God, you, you're his beloved son, now you're hungry and you've been suffering, you've been sacrificing, you've been, um, uh, you haven't ate anything for these 40 days and these 40 nights, now it's time for you to do for you. Now it's time for you to take matters into your own hands. If you do have the power, the most I is with you, you have the power now or the, or, or the right, the privilege, whatever we're being presented, to, to take these stones and turn the bread and satisfy your hunger. Do for you. Well, we see where Christ came back, and in dealing with the temptations, um, dealing with these things, the, the second definition or the first definition of, of, of temptation also says the enticements to evil proceeding from the prospect of pleasure or advantage, that prospect of pleasure. You know you're hungry, and now you have this uh, opportunity to do for yourself. You have this opportunity now to do for you, to please yourself, to, to derive some sense of pleasure. Take these stones, turn the bread, and devour. Go for it. You deserve it. You, you, haven't you earned it? Didn't the Most High say he was already with you? Didn't he already say he's pleased with you? So now take advantage of the opportunity and do for yourself. And we're seeing where Christ came back now and used the scripture. Christ had, had, had to quote a scripture and said, man shall not live uh, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the Father. That to deal with the temptation to want to put himself first, to deal with the temptation of want to give himself some type of pleasure, to deal with the temptation of wanting to uh, give himself some type of advantage, we see what Christ used the scripture to fend off these, uh, the, the, the argument that was being presented to him to go ahead and do for you. Go ahead and take advantage of the situation for yourself. That was the first temptation. Then we ran about the second, tempta- the second temptation, that uh, the tempter took him to, to Jerusalem, uh, uh, put him on top of the pinnacle of, 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 the, of the synagogue, the, the, the tabernacle, the, the temple, and said, cool, cast yourself off. Because ain't it also written that the Lord will give his, give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against the stone? So here, we, here, here again, we had to pay attention to this next great temptation that Christ had to face at this time was being given a scripture 
being quoted the scripture again to do for self. That okay, cool. We see where the first time um, the temptation came, it was about again turn the rock. You've been sacrificing and suffering and 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 fasting. Go ahead and eat. Do for you. Christ used the scripture and fought that off. The second one became, okay, if God really is with you, then go ahead and jump off this this, this building because it is written that the most I gave his, his angels charge over thee, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Again, are you going to put yourself out there to try and force God's hand to do for you? Are you gonna? Are you gonna now? Are we gonna put ourselves in, in a position where we're gonna force God's hand? And then what we had to pay attention to was the tempter gave Christ a scripture. And what we wanted to pay attention to with that is there'll be a lot of times as we start our journey, as we start our 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 our, our, our ministry in service of God. We come into the truth. We find out that we Israelites, and even if we've been in the truth for a while, this is when the, the temptations are going to hit the hardest. That when we dedicate, we, we decide we're going to dedicate, and we understand that we are the Israelites. We're understanding that that yes, we do want to serve God. We want to start doing things the right way. I'm I'm leaving the life I, I left, I lived, and now I'm going to start my life as an Israelite. Now I'm going to start my life in my service to God. That is not until those times, brothers and sisters, that the real temptations. Are going to hit us, right? And now here in the second temptation of Christ, we were, we were examining and looking at that. That now, the temptation or the tempter used the scripture for Christ to put Himself first. We, we were going, we were studying and really looking at how important it is now for us to be really studied up. It's important for us to have these scriptures to to. Constantly go at the thoughts that come to our minds or want to put ourselves first. Here, even Satan himself used the scripture for Christ to now take, to take full advantage for himself. Put himself for, again, use your power for you. But we see that even Christ had to come back now and, and he had to go, go into a, a little scripture debate now with, 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 with Satan himself. Like, no, that ain't going to work because it says, that's not tip the Lord that God. Christ had to come back now and give another scripture to put his mind in subjection, to put his body in subjection, to, to, that, to remember he was a servant, not to go ahead and take, take advantage of the situation for himself, not to ease or please himself. From there, Satan took him where? To the top of a mountain. Showed him all the kingdoms on the earth and all the, all the power, glory, uh, prosperity, uh, that was available to him and said, I'll give you all this if you bow down to worship me. Uh, and Christ had to finally, you know, cut him with another scripture. Uh, Thou shalt know the God before me. So one thing we saw, the common factor, we saw these temptations that Christ faced at the time he was starting his service to the Most High. At the time he was going to start his ministry to the Most High actually in the service of God, not just to keep the commandments, not just to keep the commandments, but in actual, he, he's now dedicating himself to serve God, um, to the ministry, of, uh, to, his, the, to the ministry, that that's when these temptations came. And at the thought of prosperity, 
the thought of, of a life of ease, the, the glory that he could receive if he just served himself first. And that's how Satan is served. Satan is served by us serving ourselves. If we go and look and study and, and look at, at the uh, um, uh, Satanism, uh, what are the, the, the laws of Satanism or the tenets or, or, or the codes of Satanism? And the whole belief of Satanism is put yourself first. That's the whole belief of Satanism is that you put yourself first. It's not about you, you eating the heads off of rats. Um, it's not about you drink, uh, drinking animals' blood. It's not about the, the, those rituals. The first thing about Satanism is that you serve you, and you seek your pleasure. You seek to do the things that you want. That's going to be an ease or a seem like an advantage to you, and it's going to play on your mind. It's going to, it's going to give uh, play uh, thoughts on our mind. And we read that after Christ went through those three, those three temptations, that then the, the, the angels came to him and ministered to him, and then they served him. But that when he was starting his service, his ministry, that he had to, uh, these are the things that he had to face. Now, for ourselves, I'm really trying to help lay the foundation that as we come into our, our service and, and we want to dedicate ourselves to the Father, we want to de- dedicate ourselves to Christ, that that's when we're going to face the greatest temptations, that we're going to face the greatest temptations to want to do for self. Uh, I want to ease my suffering. I want to ease my pain. I want, um, uh, I'm tired of putting myself last. Why do I got to keep esteeming others? Why do I got to keep uh, uh, um, doing for others and not take advantage of situations and do for self? That was one thing I was really wanting to try and lay the foundation of, that this is that Christ went through these things, and no, he didn't use his angelic power. He didn't use his angelic power to uh, uh, to endure these situations. So that's the next thing that people want to say in the world today. Well, nobody's perfect. I'm not Jesus. Um, well, Jesus Jesus was supposed to go through that. He's an angel. Uh, through the teaching of the, that, that, that misteaching of the uh, uh, immaculate conception, none of that had anything to do with how Christ uh, coming down in the form of a man, coming down to being a man, and being faced with every temptation that we're faced with, but yet he was without sin. And again, I'm just trying to again trying to. Make sure that we understand that, that, that we're trying to get that, get that through, that most times we're not going to be faced with temptation until we have made up our minds that now we're going to serve God, that now I'm going to do right by God, that now this is when the temptation now is going to be hitting us the hardest. And even uh, um, not even just when we first decide to come to the truth, but any time we set our minds that we're going to start serving God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start doing right. That now this is when the temptation is going to hit us the, first, hit us the most. Of why am I suffering? Why am I doing this? Why am, why am I uh, withholding good for myself or a sense of pleasure for myself or, or giving myself the advantage? Why am I doing this? Why am I being humble? Why am I going through this? 
and why are these thoughts hitting me? And a lot of times we'll feel, we'll feel so guilty that these thoughts are even hitting us that we'll get to a point where we, we condemn ourselves. We'll get to the point where we really will start to condemn ourselves and, and really feel like we're just the most wicked, uh, worthless, uh, um, evil creatures um, ever to walk the God's, uh, God's earth. That we really are just, um, we can't believe. Sometimes it, a person will get to the point where I can't believe I'm having these type of thoughts that I want to please myself. I want to do it. And whatever vice that might be, how can, how can I now receive some pleasure? I've been holding myself back from the things I like to do. I've been holding myself back from things I enjoy. I'm holding myself back from the things that, that I, I might even have a sentimental attachment to, and I don't see where any of this is doing me any good. It seems like I'm just, being again, being taken advantage of. It just seems like, again, uh, I'm going through this for no reason. And then when we match that with the prosperity teaching in the modern-day church system, that according to the modern-day church system of religion, that God is doing for you when you prosper. That God must be on your side because you've got this amount of money coming in. God must be on your side when you achieve this type of, of, of financial success. God's on your side when, when um, uh, uh, you're prospering. And that if you're not prospering, then there must, I must not be doing right in the eyes of God. But if we come back and we're studying these scriptures that at no time did Christ say that God was with him because of his prosperity. And no time was that, was that ever the case. But a lot of times, because we live in this, in this American society, this, this capitalist society, where, again, the, the key word being what? To capitalize. Do for you. Take, take advantage of every opportunity for yourself. Do for you. Put yourself first. And we're seeing that as Christ went through that temptation, those temptations, in the exact same way, we go through these temptations, right? And we covered that uh, last night. We, we, we definitely covered that last night. So we're trying to move on uh, from that point there. Uh, Hebrew went through that. We went through that. The scripture we finished with last night, brothers and sisters, uh, if y'all can join me this morning, and rereading it as we, as we continue on, is First Peter chapter four verse twelve. Right, let's go to First Peter chapter four and verse twelve, and it says, "Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you." And a lot of times, we'll be in positions where we want to justify why I might be be doing, why I'm being tempted with the temptation I'm, I'm, I'm being faced with, and why am I doing these things that I shouldn't be doing, but I, 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 I receive some type of pleasure from doing them. And then a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll put this argument in our own minds that I'm, going to, I'm the only one going through what I'm going through. Other people are, are, have, have their story, but my story is just a little bit worse than everybody else's. Uh, the things that, that, that happened to me in my life, the things that I, I've gone through, it's a little bit different from everybody else. So, uh, because I'm the only one in my in my mind going through what I'm going through, I kind of have a justification of why 
I shouldn't be judged this way for doing this, that I can kind of justify why I'm doing this because of the things I've been through in my life. So to be the point where I'm putting myself first, I'm doing for me, I'm, 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 uh, I'm taking matters to my own hands. I'm going to control my own fate. I'm going to control my own destiny. And because of what I'm going through, I need this type of pleasure. I need something to ease the pain. So if it's cigarettes, if it's, if it's porn, if it's uh, uh, ex- excessive drinking, if it's, if it's uh, hell, video games, that I need something that's going to give me pleasure. And we, we notice that a lot of these things don't happen to us until, we, until it's really been shown to us and said to us. And we can say to ourselves, okay, I want to be right. I want to serve the Father. Okay, I'm a, I accept the fact that I'm an Israelite, and now I want to be right by God. Then now these temptations hit the hardest when we, where we, t- we take this stance. So it says again, beloved, First Peter 4 and 12, beloved. Thinking that strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. And we're going to be tested. And that's another thing I guess we need to understand also. We're going to be tested, brothers. And, and these tests really are not going to start until we come into the truth, right? until we know better, until we, we, we receive the teaching. And we, we, we won't get into this. That that's when the, the trials and the tests, we're really going to be faced with them the most. All right? Am I going to now use the scriptures? What am I going to study? All right, and understand that it's not about me, that it's about, about me esteeming others better than myself. Am I going to go ahead now, commit to following the steps and pattern and life of Christ? Remember in St. John chapter 14, verse 6, Christ told us what? Uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. Are we going to follow the same steps Christ faced or used when he was tempted? By Satan himself, the actual spiritual entity, actually presenting himself to Christ and tempted him and, and gave him these temptations. And Christ, again, was not in his angelic form. Christ didn't use any angelic power. Christ used scriptures. Christ used the word of God to not put himself first, to not do for him to not take advantage of the situation for himself. And it's, and so doing, again, from Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11, we saw that after he endured those temptations, the angels actually came and comforted him. The angels actually came and ministered to him. For us, the same thing that happened. We have a test. We have trials that are going to be placed before us. Are we going to pass the test? Are we going to pass the temptations? That's the ultimate question. And it's going to be after we know better, after we, get the, after we receive the words, after we know what, what the Bible says. Reading on now, First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 13. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That we have to rejoice in that. Now, we're seeing that we're, we're, we're following the same steps that Christ, Christ walked. Now, a lot of people... Would we'll just take this scripture right here, First Peter four thirteen. They won't think about First Peter four and twelve. They just go to First Peter four and thirteen, where it says, "But rejoice, as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings." And 
It sounds like the first question we have is, how the hell am I supposed to rejoice while I'm suffering? I'm suffering. And we'll look at that word rejoice. And again, we'll look at people um, that are in, engaged in prosperity. That every time you look around, they just seem happy. They seem at peace. They seem satisfied. They seem like they ain't got no cares in the world. They ain't got no issues. That it, it's, it's the life of Riley. Life is just easy and good. While while those that act, while we're trying to actually serve the Most High, that we're suffering. That I'm having constantly having to fight, not putting myself first. I constantly have to keep fighting. Um, why don't I take advantage of a situation like you see everybody else doing? Let me finish verse 13, all right? Let's, let's finish First Peter 4 and 13. It says, For rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding, exceeding joy. When Christ does return, and that, that's what becomes, a, now we're dealing with patience, we're dealing with endurance, that as long as I keep on fighting, that when Christ comes back in his full glory, I'll be able to stand boldly with him. I'm going to be ashamed or, 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 or uh, don't want Christ to come back right now because if he catches me right now, I'm, 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 I'm caught up in my wickedness. I'm caught up in, in my, my temptations. Now, brothers and sisters, just help, hopefully I'm, this scripture right here we're going to, let's go to Psalm chapter 73. Let's go to the 73rd Psalms. And let's read about what David has to say. I, I'm in the 73rd Psalms, I'm sung in verse 1. And I'm sorry, and this is actually of, of Asaph. Maybe we should go to 37 first. Well, we're going to, be, we're going to want to read it both of them anyway. But you know, let's go to 37. I know that's from David. I do know that that's for sure it's from David. Psalm chapter 37. And we're going to verse 1. All right. Please join me now in going to Psalm chapter 37 and verse 1. All right. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 1. It says, a Psalm of David. Um, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Now, last night, brothers and sisters, we went over the scripture in James uh, chapter 4 from, from verse 6 down. It says, know ye not that the spirit that is in us lusts to envy, that we have this thing that is already in us, uh, regardless of man, woman, or, or what have you, that there's a, a desire in us to, to envy, to automatically feel like somebody's getting over on me, that somebody's got it better than what I got. It's that proverbial, um, the grass is always greener on the other side, that I'm always missing out, that, that I don't get no good. I don't get anything. So it, it's, it's only right that I put myself first. It's only right that I do for me. Uh, it, it's only right that, 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 um, it's time for me to to enjoy some type of pleasure, to enjoy some type of some type of good. Let me test this here on my computer.
I want to look at the word fret. I, I do want to look at the word fret. And again, brothers and sisters, for, for those that are joining along, uh, we are in the 37th Psalms. All right? We're in the 37th Psalms. Uh, and and what, what we're doing is we're connecting First uh, Peter 4, 12 and 13 uh, with Psalm 37 and understanding that uh, the things that we're going through, we're not the only ones going through. We're not the only ones going through what we're going through. Right? That that even David was faced with these, uh, similar situations. David was faced with similar circumstances of feeling like he was forsaken, of feeling like like um, he, he needs to go and take matters in his own hands because. Well, I, again, as we're reading, so in Psalm thirty-seven, verse one, it says to fret. And look at the word fret, again, from the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. It says uh, to fret or gnaw, give the sense of uh, unevenness, roughness. In substance, uh, the like appearance is given to fluids by agitation. Um, to rub, to wear away. Um, a substance by friction. Number two, to corrode, to gnaw, to, to, to eat away. As a, uh, as a worm frets the planks of a ship, um, to impair, to wear away, um, to form into raised work, uh, to agitate violently, to agitate, to disturb, to make rough, to cause to ripple, um, to tease, to irritate, to vex, to make angry, right? uh, to, to be worn away. Uh, to to wear in, uh, to be agitated, uh, to be in violent uh, commotion, um, to be vexed, to be chafed or irritated, to be angry, the other peevish expressions. Uh, so David here is, is trying to warn us as he's writing this down, um, don't get angry, don't fret, don't get agitated, don't let this irritate you. He says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. He says, we, we can't let this get to us. Knowing that we got this spirit in us to, always, to automatically be envious, to feel like others are getting over, and it's time for me to take matters in my own hands. If this will give me pleasure, if, 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 if I'm feeling depressed, if I'm feeling lonely, if I'm feeling uh, I've got thoughts, and I just need something to make me feel good, so I'm going to turn some porn on, and I'm going to start watching some porn because that's going to give me a little break from my reality. That's going to give me um, uh, some, some type of recess um, from uh, the tension, from the, the being irritated that, that I keep doing for others and not doing for self. So now I'm going to give myself a little treat. I'm going to give myself a little something, something. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do for me. Especially after now, I'm reading the scriptures, I'm trying to follow, I'm trying to do the best I can in following Christ and being a, a good follower of Christ and following God and doing right by God. But now it gets to the point where we start to get worn away at. Things start to get to us. And now the, it's the feeling of need, I got to satisfy myself somehow. It could be from porn, it could be from drinking, it could be from uh, smoking, it could be from drugs, it could be from uh, video games, I just need to go ahead and escape. I just need to go ahead and get to uh, 
I need to do something for me. I need to take matters in my own hands. Especially when I look around and I see how everybody else is happy. I'm saying how everybody else, they ain't got no problems. They're not going through what I'm going through. This is what King David is saying here in Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37, verse 1. Friend, not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut, be cut down like the grass, whiter and wither as a green herb. He said, so David saying, look, his own thoughts was taken to the same place. His own thoughts was taken to the same place. That how come everybody else has got good, but I, I got to go through this. Everybody else is coming up and prospering, and everybody else is happy. But look at what my life is like. Look at what I'm going through. Verse 3, Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou, thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. That we can trust in the most high, just the same way Christ did. How did Christ show he trusted in, in, in the Father? He kept using scriptures. How did Christ show the Father that he trusted the Most High? He kept going with the scriptures instead of letting his hunger, letting his, his, his um, curiosity get the best of him and now taking matters in his own hands. He kept trusting in the Father and he kept using scriptures. All right? Uh, Psalm 37, now verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. We have to, we have to make serving God our delight. And if it means putting ourselves second, putting ourselves last, or putting others first, that's what, that's what delights the Father. That's, and that's when the Father will give us the desires of our heart. But a lot of times, we just look at prosperity, and we, we look at this scripture right here. It's about the desires of my heart. Just give me what I want. But we don't understand, even Christ had to go through the same process. And that many people in the Bible had to go through the this, this same process. Verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Did you notice here in verse 5 what David is saying? Commit our way unto the Lord. We have to be committed to the Lord. That means in the face of sacrifice. In the face of fasting, uh, and when I say fasting, meaning you're withholding something from yourself. Christ withheld food from himself. He did not feed his flesh. He did not feed himself for that 40 days and that 40 nights. He, he, he cut all that. He cut food off. And one thing, when, when I was going over this classroom with my family, if we consider Christ and look at him, remember, Matthew chapter 11, verse 19, Tells you that people, when they saw Christ, they called him a glutton. A glutton today would be known as what? A foodie. Christ loved food and to drink. So for Christ to go 40 days and 40 nights without eating, and he's, he, he's a glutton, that everybody around him looked at him and said, man, this dude can put it away. He's a foodie. And he likes to drink. For him to, to, to cut that off and not give, that, give himself over to that and then be tempted with turning these rocks into bread. Go ahead and eat. That Christ had to use the scripture to, to, to overcome those sensations. I'm not, not going to say that, that, that immediately 
the hunger was satiated. I'm not even trying to say that or satisfied. I'm not even saying that at all. But looking at or considering that Christ being a foodie, a glutton, from Matthew chapter 11, verse 19, that he was given the opportunity to take advantage for himself. That the thoughts that he was being here with from Satan himself, the tempter being right there, talking to him, telling him, if you really are the son of God, turn these stones into bread, go ahead and eat. Satisfy that hunger. Satisfy the thing that you've been missing, that you've, depri- you've deprived yourself from. Go ahead. Just do it. Have it your way. Come on, Christ. You know you only live once. You know you love to go ahead and eat that. Use it for yourself. Christ didn't do that. So, again, uh, uh, Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Verse 6. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait, wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. That a lot of times, as we start our journey with the Father, and we're on this journey with the Most High and, and following Christ to the Father, that, that we get to a point where we look around like, why uh, it's not worth me sacrificing this. It's not worth me um, uh, being taken advantage of and not taking advantage for myself. That, okay, I'm, the moment I'm depressed, this cigarette will help me relieve my stress. This weed is going to help me relieve my stress. I'm just so stressed out. I'm really going through it. I've got PTSD. I've got, I've got, uh, I've got all these type of problems going on. I need to take a break for myself. I need to get drunk so I can blame it on the alcohol. I need to constantly keep a, uh, some, some type of alcohol, liquor, something around me. And, yeah, if Christ was a wine bibber, then, she, okay, good. Christ was a wine bibber, so there's nothing wrong with drinking wine. I'm, I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink. And I'm going to rise up early in the morning, and I'm about to get my drink on. I'm about to get my swerve on. Because I need this. And then other people do it, and they're prospering. From vape shops, smoke shops, to, to well-off people, people who are well-off, got money, smoke a lot of weed, smoke a lot of cigars. We, we can look at Mike, the, the Mike Tysons um, with, 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 with his pot enterprise. We can look at – I'm just going to use him for now that, – um, that we can see – for all the minutes he made as a boxer, pretty much lost all that. But now we can see that he's definitely on, on, on he's definitely back. He's definitely back. Not as, as the, 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 the mighty Mike Tyson, but the, the rich mogul Mike Tyson, with weed being his number, pot being his number one commodity of, of getting his wealth. And then he sounds so, so deep and so smart. And look at how the, the, the weed had to calm that beast that was in him. That now he done turned that and, and made this hobby a joy, made this thing that he really likes a joy. And look at how he's prospering, so God must be with him. That's got to be the way to do it. 
and it's Mike Tyson. That must be the way. So let me go ahead now and try to follow that same blueprint. Let me go ahead now and follow the same blueprint so I can have that same success and prosperity. That if that's how they do it, and look at how they're happy. Look at the cars they drive, the house they got, the, the, the money they got. He got 99 problems, but a woman ain't one. Look at, he had the money, the power, and the respect. Look at that, that that is what I want. And right now, I don't see how me putting myself last, how me doing for others more, I don't see how that is going to help me get to where I got to get to and how it's going to help me get past this, this depression I'm in. I don't see how it's going to help me get past uh, 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 the, the feeling of loss that I'm dealing with. But let's, let's look at, again, what King, King David was telling us. Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Because, again, as we keep looking around at other people, and please don't get addicted to social media where everybody's doing everything at, the, at their heart's desire and, and they, they, get, they, they seem happy from the tattoos they get, the sex they're having, from the life they're living, that, that they're vacationing here, they're vacationing there, that, man, they've got it. They've got it. And it'll be those type of things that we look at, it'll make us angry. And that, that'll help drive us to that point of, I need to go ahead and take matters in my own hands. I need to get out of this rut that I'm in. I need something to help me. I, I, I need to pick me up. And whatever vice that might be for, 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 for that a person is dealing with. Psalm 7, 37, verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And again, what was that evil? What was the evil that, that the tempter was offering to Christ when it came to, to the hunger? Turn these stones into bread and feed yourself. Do for you. Stop suffering. Stop being patient. Stop enduring. Take matters in your own hands. Especially by the time you get to the third temptation. All this power, all this glory, all this fame, all this prosperity... It's the quick road to prosperity. Just put yourself first. Do whatever it is you got to do for you, and I'll make sure you get that prosperity. I'll make sure you get that glory. I'll make sure you start to feel good about what you're doing. Psalm 37, verse 9. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Now we understand where, where Christ came back into Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and said what? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Not just that little quick fix, that little quick bump, that little quick um, uh, thing of pleasure you might get very temporary. You can watch all the porn you want to. It's, it's going to be temporary. You smoke all the weed you want to. It's going to be very temporary. You take all the fentanyl you want to. Is going to be those, those releases are, are very temporary. You can be into you just going you you only just binge watch TV all day and all night. 
It's only temporary. You're going to um, uh, uh, smoke the cigarette. You're being stressed out at work. You're being stressed out at, at home or whatever it might be. So you're going to look for that quick relief. You're going to look to ease the pain real quick. It's not going to happen, y'all. That's not going to help you inherit the, inherit the earth. That's not you showing meekness. All right? Verse 10. 30, Psalm 37, verse 10. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. This test that we're all being put through, remember from 1 Corinthians 4 and 12, thinking that strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. Each of us is going to be tried. Each of us has a trial that we have to face. It says that we, we pass these tests, you do pass these trials, that at the end of it, it's going to be the abundance of peace. Reading on, verse 12, the wicked plotteth against the just and gnashes upon him with his teeth. And, and this is where, if we're dealing with the, the, the definition of temptations, where the arguments, somebody will give you an argument about why are you suffering. Somebody who's prospering, that seems like they're prospering, will come to you and be like, you must be doing something wrong. And they'll gnash upon you with their teeth. Like they keep grinding at you, keep grinding at you, keep grinding at you. That you need to join them in, their, in how they're doing things. You need to think like them. You need to do things like them. Smoke this, drink this, watch this. You need to find some pleasure. You need to find something that's going to ease your pain. Verse 13, the Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth not that his day is coming. Ain't that the truth? Verse 14, the wicked have drawn out the sword and have uh, bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as love, such as be of upright conversation. That your, your conversation be about the scriptures. When your conversation is about the scriptures and about the most high and about doing those things that please him, but you don't put yourself first. You put others first. You don't make it about you and your suffering, what you're going through. That, and it seems like you're poor and needy, that you, you are lacking, that people are going to talk about you and try to make you feel that much more low, that much more messed up, then now you have to take matters to your own hands if you want to be accepted. If you, if you want to be accepted, if you want to have some, some sense of happiness. Verse 15, their swords shall enter into their own heart, and their, their bows shall be broken. Check this out, y'all, verse, 30, verse 16. Please highlight this. Psalm chapter 37, verse 16, it says, A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. To be content with the little bit that you might have, but that you're doing right in the eyes of God. You're following the scriptures. You're doing what the scripture says. You're constantly applying the scriptures. Uh, Do you hear what David is saying? 
what made King David be King David? Say, David was a man after, God said David was a man after his own heart. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. The Lord knows the days that, that, that we're fighting for him. We're fighting the, 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 the thoughts to want to take advantage and do things for self. The Lord says he knows the, the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. It's not going to be a temporary fix. That when the Father's done, it, the, what we receive from him is going to be forever. Verse 19, they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. These are what the righteous are going through. The wicked, the ones who don't put the God first, that ones that put themselves first, is not going to last. Verse 20, but the wicked shall perish. And the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke, so they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again. But the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as are blessed of him shall inherit the earth. And they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. Ah. This is where we have to use patience, y'all. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his way. A lot of times we say a person is good because of, of, of the prosperity that they might be experiencing. But it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. This man can follow scriptures. And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he should not he should not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Are y'all hearing this? That what a good man goes through, a righteous person goes through, that they're gonna fall. But they should not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Verse twenty five. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. It might get scarce. It might get scarce, but somehow the most High continually comes through for the righteous. Oh, man. Uh. The reason I'm saying that, I just have several, several families and several, several people then when I read this scripture, it comes to mind that if you look at them, the outward, look at them from outwardly, it would seem like why are you serving? Why are you trying to be a Hebrew Israelite? Why do you do this? And you're always putting others first. Your family's always there for other families. And look at y'all. Y'all ain't got nothing to show for it. Y'all have nothing to show for. Your, your love of Christ and the Most High and the fact that you get feelings of 
regret. You get feelings of, of uh, you get some low feelings that you would love to, to see your family. They would love to see their families prospering and having a uh, 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 little easier life. And, and their, their bills covered, paid with ease. Uh, not living check to check, and they could easily go into uh, some depressions, and could easily be giving themselves over to some 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 vices. But they don't. But the one thing most likely definitely keeps doing is they're not forsaken. And the children ain't begging for bread. Damn. Verse 26. Ah, he is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. This person, even for the wrong that's committed against him, when people maliciously take advantage of him, they constantly keep putting the most high first and they keep lending. They keep giving. When it seems like they have nothing to give, they keep finding a way to give. They keep finding to be there uh, keep finding a way to be there for others. And the most high continues to bless their household and bless the happiness of their children. The last minute the most high always comes through for the, the, the particular families I'm thinking about. Each and every time. Verse 27. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. And this particular family that I have in mind, they, they're constantly going over scriptures. They're constantly quoting scriptures. Constantly trying to put the most high first. Constantly trying to challenge and, and, and bring to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When they can easily take advantage of situations and, and, and not be living the way that they hourly live. Where people look at him and say, well, what good is y'all being these Israelites? And this is all y'all got to show for it. Verse 28. For the Lord loveth judgment and, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. He says the mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, not, not worldly wisdom, but they're always constantly talking about the fear of the Most High, what the Scripture says, how to keep putting themselves second and put others first. That's what the mouth of the righteous does. The mouth of the righteous will speak wisdom. And his tongue targets of judgment that the most high sees what's going on. Other people can't see it. Other people don't understand it or know it. And for the thoughts that even get, that come up, that face them, that give them the arguments of it's time to do for self. I got to back up. I'm going to withdraw. I'm going I'm to, uh, it, it's time for other people to deal with this. They, they constantly fight those thoughts and keep stepping up. 
Verse 31, the law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Good Lord. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Verse 32, the wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. Now, and taking us back to the history with David in particular, what was Saul trying to do to, do to David? David's talking from a real place. This ain't a religious place. This ain't a Hallmark card moment place. This is a reality. That the wicked that David is referring to in this case is another Israelite. And again, that Israelite being Saul. And for a minute, Saul was prospering. He had Daniel's whole army on his side. Saul was, 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 was obviously rejected by the most high, but he was getting over, and it was wearing at David. Verse 33, the Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord. And keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Check out verse 35. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Like they just keep getting more and more and more and more. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall, shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. But, but I hope we understand We can't show we trust in the most high Until we're tested Oh this kind of taking, taking a turn That I wasn't expecting Let's take a look at Psalm 773 Verse 1 Psalm 17, verse 1, and this is a, a psalm of Asaph, right? Um, psalm 37, verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel. Even the fetches are of a clean heart. And how do we clean our hearts? How do, we, how, how do you clean your mind? Remember uh, St. John chapter 15, verse 3. Uh, now you're clean through the word that I spoke unto you. Yeah, we keep, keep having to clean our minds from the temptations, we had to keep studying. We had to keep studying. 
I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to get back to, the, to, the, to that track. We got to keep studying. If we don't keep studying to keep keeping our thoughts in captivity of Christ, to, to follow Christ, we don't keep studying, and we just keep going by what we see, we keep going by what we feel, but says we're not going to make it. This, this spiritual obstacle course that each of us has to face, we're going to keep falling. We're going to keep failing because we're not following the leader. We're not following Christ. And we're letting our, our eyes wonder. Psalm 17, verse 1, truly the Most High is good to Israel. And we do such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had nigh well slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. Their confidence is firm in what it is they're doing. And for those that are following Christ in the Most High, it seems like there's times we get shaken. Again, there's an argument, a challenge, a flattery, um, some 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 promise of of, of, of uh, some goodness, some 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 pleasure that we can get if we do this, if we just deviate, if we just give give in. It looks like fun. Verse 5. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. They're not going through half the problems or half the things I'm going through. The way they're doing things must be right. Therefore, pride can pass. Psalm 73, verse 8. Therefore, pride can pass them about as a chain. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes sent out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppressions. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return, return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Psalm 17, verse 13. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all of the long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak this, behold, I should offend against the congregation of thy children. That for those that, if, if I speak the truth, now I'm going to start offending people, especially those that, that, that really enjoy their prosperity. If I come back and go over these scriptures and, and, and speak these scriptures, all of a sudden they're going to feel offended. They're going to feel, feel some type of way. When I thought to know it, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of the Most High. Then understood I their end. So even Asaph here, I mean, right in this psalm, he's, he's giving the blueprint again. We could finish, go on with Psalm uh, 73, but I want to get back to my notes that I, that I was going over. Um, and believe me, everybody, you, you're more than free to, 
and more, more than welcome, please continue reading Psalm chapter 70, uh, 73 at your own leisure. But I want to get back to this class because I didn't want to take this class, this series, too much longer. Give me so much time I got left. Yeah, I didn't want to take this series too much. Uh, I didn't want to extend this series. I want to get back to when are we faced with temptations the most? That we're following Christ. And we see how Christ, when he faced his biggest temptations, is when he was trying to do right by the most high. That he, he, he was doing things right in the eyes of the Father, and he wasn't putting himself first. And when they're doing those things, um, they're not putting himself first, that's when the greatest temptations came in and was hitting him up. Okay? Uh, please join me now in going to the book of Luke chapter 8. Please join me now in going to the book of Luke chapter 8. We'll start at verse 4. Luke chapter 8, we'll start at verse 4. And again, and dealing with temptations. And, and and I'm not gonna go into specifics about what a, a specific person might be being tempted with, as much as, as the, bottom, the the foundation of any temptation is gonna be the temptation to want to put yourself first, the temptation to want to ease your suffering that you're going through um, by taking matters into your own hands, like you might see everybody around you doing the same thing. And no, they're not uh, the classic, if you will, Satan worshippers. They just know how to take advantage of every opportunity for themselves. They know how to do for, do for self and put themselves first. And they do willingly put themselves first. They do willingly look for every opportunity to put themselves first. And they're prospering. And it's working for them in this current world. So coming back now to Luke chapter 8 and verse 4. Luke chapter 8 and verse 4. Um. I want us to get. I want to get back to us understanding. And this, this is not about me pointing fingers at anybody, as much as I want this to be understood. What the followers of Christ are going to have to go through. All right. That, that, that's what I want to make sure that we're keeping the focus on, and how to fight the temptations that might come to your that do come to your mind. That the, the of, of trying to find an advantage for yourself trying to find some pleasure for yourself. Coming out of Luke chapter 8, verse 4, the book of Luke chapter 8, verse 4. Um, and we've, we've been over this before, but we're going to read it again. Luke chapter 8, verse 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell by a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, uh, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with, uh, with it and choked it. Other fell onto good ground and sprang up and bare fruit and hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Powerful. Now, let's get some understanding about what this meant. Now, let's get some understanding of what this meant. Uh, that was Luke chapter 8, verse 8. Now, we're going to Luke chapter 8, verse 9. And the disciples asked him, saying, what might this parable be? And he, said, and he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of the Most High. But to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Uh, 
verse 11, Luke chapter 8, verse 11. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So he talked about a sower went out to sow, and he was throwing seed. It's like, like a farmer, right? It's like, like a farmer who's going out and he's planting crops, all right? And in planting these crops, obviously, you got to throw the seeds out there um, for the crops to grow. And he's saying that now in that allegory, in that metaphor, the seed is the word of God. Somebody's out there doing some teaching. The teaching is, is taking place. The word of God is being, is, is being sown, is, is, is being taught. All right? So the, the seed is the word of God, verse 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear the word. Then cometh the devil and take us away the word out of their hearts. least they should believe and be saved. So right away, this is what Christ is trying to break down to the disciples if we, if we see this. That the, once you, somebody gets taught, they're getting taught the words of the most high. They're getting taught the right way of not doing things, putting, putting yourself last and putting others first. Um, stop, stop following your own lust. Stop following your own desires. Stop following the thing that you want. And now put yourself last and put God first. So they get taught, but it says immediately comes what? The devil. And then what's the devil do? Just like he tried to do with Christ when Christ first started his ministry. Try to take away the word out of their hearts. Don't concentrate or think about the scriptures. Now you're going to be faced with these situations, these quote-unquote real-life situations, for real, for real, for real, for real, that now I don't have time to deal with studying. I ain't got time to deal with that, that now I got some real issues and problems going on. I've got to make sure, I got to get my mind distracted, and I got to focus on these other issues. I got to focus on these other things. I don't have time for that. I need to deal with, with, with what's going on. I, I, I can't sacrifice to keep doing what the Bible says or what the scripture says. I now got to go, go handle these things. It says this again, Luke chapter 8, verse 11. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. So you, they get the teaching. They get taught. Then come with the devil and take away that, uh, the word out of their hearts. So now that instead of the scriptures not being in my mind, I'm thinking about all the problems I'm going through, all the, the, the life issues I'm facing. All these type of things start to hit me up. And now the word's not in my mind. Now how do I ease the pain? What, the, what, what does a person do now to ease this pain, ease this suffering, ease these issues, these problems that they now have, have their mind focused on instead of focusing on what the scripture says? And, so, and the devil takes away the word out of their hearts. At least they should believe in what the scripture is saying. Let me apply what the scripture says. Let me focus on doing that was right in the eyes of the Father. Let me keep that there. And the most I will make a way. But that gets taken away because now it, it demands your attention that you have to be the one that solves this problem. You have to be the one that takes, takes matters in your own hands. And then you find out that, that it, it's too much. So this is where all the other vices keep coming. 
this list they should believe and be saved. Luke chapter 8, verse 13. They on the rock are they which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation, fall away. Do y'all see this? First the devil comes, and, and, and now in this temptation, a person does believe in the scriptures, and they are sacrificing and, 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 and enduring and, and putting themselves last, but it gets to the point where they get tired of that. There's an expectation that by now, I should have this. By now, this has got to happen. By now, I should be at this level. And if not, I'm going to need to go ahead and make some changes and make some adjustments because things ain't coming through like I thought was going to come through. That by, by this amount of time, most I should already show himself that he's with me. He should have gone ahead and turned things over. I should already be prospering at this time. I shouldn't have to be struggling the way I'm struggling. Not with this. So, in the time of temptation, they fall away. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, again, heard what? The word, the scriptures, the, the, what is right in the eyes of the Father, how we have to operate and conduct ourselves, what we have to now restrict ourselves from, cut off from ourselves, and start now keeping the law of the commandments of the Most High. And now it says what? They go forth and are choked with, with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. Heard the word, but now I'm choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. And bring forth no fruit to perfection. I, when it comes to the most, I don't complete anything. Because this person now is caught up with what? The cares and riches and pleasures of this life. Verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, hearing, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. You know, that like Christ also said, in your patience, possessing your souls. I don't want to break the flow up right now, brothers and sisters, but I need to take another uh, quick intermission. Uh, we're going to return, and we're going to be going into Ecclesiasticus in the, in the Bible, or Syriac, in about chapter 2 and starting verse 1. So, I guess, um, forgive me, forgive me. Um, I've got to take another intermission. Uh, and we'll be back and, and continue this. Yeah. Who it is? House of the Redeemed Servant. Yo, Jeremiah. Yeah. 
So, brother says again, and dealing with this, uh, the topic of uh, temptation um, and moving on, I hope we're seeing that from in the book of Luke, chapter 8, um, was recorded for us to, to learn by, learn from, is that is when you set your mind that you're going to do right by the Father, that's when the biggest temptation is going to come. And that if we don't follow the steps of Christ, meaning this, not in religious sense, brother and sister, but follow of Christ, how much studying are you doing? Or are we letting things distract us from the studying? Are we letting things, the, the pressures, the um, the issues, the, um, uh, the the feeling of a lack of prosperity, are, we, are, are other things get to us to where now we are 
the word is getting choked out and we're getting slowly pulled into this thing of I'm going to do for self. I got to ease the pain. I got to ease um, the stress. I got to get out of this, this rut, this, this, this feeling that I'm in. So I got to take advantage of my own hands. And that includes less and less studying. It doesn't mean that we stop saying we're Hebrew Israelites. It doesn't mean that. But we stop, we start accepting by looking at the people around us and the things and the vices that they give themselves over to. Now we, we start justifying our own, uh, our own selfishness. Right? We start justifying our, our own selfishness and telling ourselves, I need this to get by. I need this to overcome. I need to do something. I need to take matters in my own hands. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter two. We we'll start verse one. Ecclesiastes chapter two. We we'll start verse one. Um, or other people might call it Syriac in the Apocrypha. Right. Chapter two and verse one it says, "My son, if I come to serve the Lord, prepare us over temptation." Do y'all see what's being stated right here? I mean, I know y'all have seen it. I, I don't want. I don't want to come across that that way. We have to consider what's being said. When you come to serve the Lord. Prepare your soul for temptation. You're going to be tested. As Christ went through the baptism, waited until he was 30, went through the baptism to start his ministry or his service to the Father, that's when his, his temptation came. That's when it started, right? And that it was some strong temptations to not put himself first, to stop his own suffering, to stop what he was going through, and, and the quick road to prosperity, the quick road to success. Um, to that feeling again of, of, of accomplishment But he didn't follow that And the way he kept fighting those temptations Was to actually do what? He applied scriptures So even when Satan came at him with the scripture He had to, he had to match him and, and, and overcome him with the scripture Alright So it says Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 1 My son If I come to serve the Lord Prepare your soul for temptation Set Thy heart aright and constantly endure, and make not haste in the time of trouble. So when you come to serve the Lord, you have to understand and know that there's going to be a time of trouble. You have to prepare your mind for that. You have to know that when, just like if you give up whatever vice it might be right now, maybe if it, if it's a, uh, uh, the temptation of, of wanting to watch porn, lonely, depressed, want to make. You want to feel good. You, you, it's time something that you feel good about yourself. So we're gonna watch the porn. Okay. What we have to prepare for is that there's gonna be feelings that a person is going to experience to make you want to justify doing that. I hope that, that I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to bring it across as clear as I, as, I, as I can. That there's gonna be situations. There's gonna be some some amount of stress that a person is going to be going through that's going to make them want to justify getting themselves over to whatever their vice might be. Okay? Verse 2. Uh, Set their heart aright and constantly endure and make not hasten in time of trouble. There's going to be trouble. There's no getting around that formula, brothers and sisters. There's no getting around that formula. There's going to be trouble. Is that we, we have, again, so much spirit of envy that we deal with that we really haven't, haven't really uh, faced. 
and realize that I'm being driven by my, my, by my own envy. I think everybody else has got it better than I do. I really get this in my mind that I don't get no good. Everybody always gets something good, something better. Verse 3, cleave unto him and depart not away, that thou mayest be increased at thy last end. A lot of us, we, we lose patience. And the question that, that rises up is, why am I going through this? Why am I doing this? Haven't I been doing this long enough? Well, in the eyes of the Father, we haven't. Verse 4, whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully. And be patient without a change to a lower state. And again, I've heard a lot of people over my years of teaching. How am I supposed to take this, uh, take this with joy? Like some type of idiot, some, some type of, uh, of, of babbling fool? How the hell am I supposed to take joy? I have joy in doing my vices. I don't see how I'm supposed to have joy in doing this. I don't see how I'm supposed to have joy in that I'm not taking, I'm not doing things for myself. I'm not doing the things that, like, if I'm going to find joy, then, and, and the scripture says, find joy, then I'm supposed to do the things that I like to do, not the things that the scripture is, is driving me to do. If I'm an introvert, I, I don't like being around people. So now you tell me I got to be around people when it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me, I don't, I, I don't like crowds. I don't like being around people. But now you're telling me I have to be around people. I have, I have to I have to gather together in, in these, for these holy convocations. I get to be around people, and I don't like people. I don't want to be around people. But now I got to face that. I'm supposed to get, we're supposed to receive a joy in that I'm doing what the most high likes. That's where our joy is going to come from. Now, is, is it going to? Are we going to? Be, we might be catching hell. It might be hard to do these things that the most I likes. But we're supposed to find a joy in that the reason I'm doing this is because it pleases the most high. That's what we're supposed to find a joy in that type of thing. But are we, could we be suffering? Yes. Can we be in some low states? Very much so. Can we be at the point where I'm so stressed out? I just want, I want to vape. I want to smoke. I, I want, I want to, I want to drink. I just want to go home and, and go in my room and, and go, in my, or go to my house and just close the door and shut everybody off. Oh, I want to do that so bad. But the fact that I'm doing what the scripture says, gather yourselves together. Yeah, gather together on nation that desire. Okay, I'm, this, this is what's pleasing the most high. And he's seeing me challenge myself. Am I going to choose to, to please the Father? Am I going to choose the pleasures of this life? Which which road am I going to take? Verse four, again, whatsoever is by the pondy, take cheerfully, and be patient without change to a lower state. For gold is tried in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. The only way we can make ourselves acceptable to the Father is through the adversity we keep going through for Him. Whatever your personal adversity is, you keep going through that for the Father. Keep applying the scriptures while you're going through that adversity. That's the only way we can be accepted in the eyes of God. 
not when things are prospering, but in that adversity. What, do, what are we doing in adversity? What scriptures are we holding on to while we're going through our adversities? As opposed to now, I'm going to choose to follow my temptation. Follow that thing that gives me pleasure. Verse 6, believe in him and he will help thee. Order that way aright and trust in him. And I love the scripture personally to use as like, 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 like to, to cut myself. If I'm going through these things I'm going through and it seems like I have no help, I like to use Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 6. Then do I really believe in the most high? If I get to the point where I feel like I've got no help, I'm, 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 I'm the only one going through what I'm going through. And, and the first, first Peter 4 and 12 already told, told me what? Thinking that strange concerning the fire trial was to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. First of all, he says, uh, uh, First Corinthians 10, 13, there's no statistics that, that has taken you, but such as is common to man. So I feel like I'm going through this, and I got no help. I'm being faced with things, and I have no help. Then do I really believe in the most high? That's a challenge. I, 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 I come back and, and, and uh, slap myself in in, in, in a, in the spiritual face with the Mashaba, do you really believe that most I don't see what's going on, that he's really not there? That you have no help, so you have to take matters in your own hands? You have to do this? Do I really believe in him? Do I really believe in the most high? Do I really believe in these scriptures? It's a challenge I put forth to myself. If I feel like I've got no help, and brother says, I'm going to tell you, it, it hits. These thoughts do hit. Do I really believe in the scriptures? Do I really believe in the Most High? Am I really applying the Most High while I'm in the midst of this adversity? And whatever adversity that might be, it says, and he will help thee. Order thy way aright and trust in him. I got to start doing things in his order. I got to I got to make sure I'm doing things the way the most high wants things done. Not keep not be pulled into my vices and the things that give me pleasure and the things that ease the pain. Let me make sure I'm doing what the most high wants. And believing that he does see what's going on and what's happening. Verse, 20, uh, verse 7, ye that fear the Lord, wait for his mercy, and go not aside, lest ye fall. Ye that fear the Lord, believe in him, and your reward shall not fail. I love that. It says, your reward, if we're doing right by the most high, nobody can take your reward. Nobody can take your reward. We give our rewards up. Remember it says, what will the man give in exchange for his soul? You can give away your reward, but no one can take it from you. Again, I love that scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 8. 
Ye that fear the Lord, believe in him, and your reward shall not fail. Verse 9, ye that fear the Lord, hope for good and for everlasting joy and mercy. Not the temporary fix. The everlasting joy and mercy, not the temporary fix. If I take matters in my own hands, what's this going to fix? It's only going to fix things temporarily. Let's look at the big picture. Verse 10. Look at the generations, look at the generations of old and see, did ever any trust in the Lord and was confounded? Or did any abide in his fear and was forsaken? Or whom did he ever despise that called upon him? And if we look at the generations of old, that's why it's important to study. We have to get into the history of the Bible. We have to go back and study and get into the history of the Bible and look and see, look at the adversities and the things that, that our forefathers went through. What kind of adversities was Abraham faced with? What kind of adversities was Isaac faced with? What kind of adversities was Jacob faced with? What kind of adversities was Moses faced with? What kind of adversities was Joshua faced with? What kind of adversities were these great men faced with? And what decisions and what choices did they make for the most part to come before them? And then we look at to see others who didn't wait for the, the most high and wanted to seek that glory for themselves. King Saul, the first one. Corin Dathan in the wilderness, coming up against Moses. Jezebel. We can look at Samson, who gave himself over to pleasures and the things he suffered. There's too many examples in the Bible, but I'll be going back and studying and reading these examples, especially when we feel like we're the only ones going through what we're going through. Reading on, I want to finish this, this, uh, this second chapter. Verse 11. For the Lord is full of compassion and mercy, long-suffering and very pitiful, and forgiveth sins, and saveth, saveth in time of affliction. The Messiah is going to be there, but are we passing our test? Are we enduring? Verse 12, woe be to fearful hearts and faint hands, and the sin that goeth two ways. Remember how in Revelation chapter 3, he talks about, uh, I wish you, uh, you, you need a cold nor hot. You're kind of in between, but because we stay in between, we're not really believing in this, but we're not really out the door. He said, I must feed you out of my mouth. I would that you were either hot or cold. Make a decision. Are you, are you going to be in this truth and be about the most high or not? Make a decision. But if you're going to just be like keep shouting in the fence, Christ said, I'm going to speak. He don't want nothing to do with us then. Got to make a choice. We got to make a choice. Verse 13. Woe to him that is faint-hearted, for he believeth not. Therefore shall he not be defended. I don't know how clear I can get. Uh, was that Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7? As a man thinks so is he? If you don't let the thoughts get to you that the Most High ain't there, that's why you don't have to apply the scriptures, you're not going to apply the scriptures, then we're not going to be defended. Verse 14. Want to you that have lost, want to you that have lost patience. And what will you do when the Lord shall visit you? They that fear the Lord will not disobey his word. Y'all see that? 
They that fear the Lord will not disobey his word, and they that love him will keep his ways. They that fear the Lord will seek that which is well-pleasing unto him, and they that love him shall be filled with the law. They that fear the Lord will, will prepare their hearts and humble their souls in his sight, saying, We will fall into the hands of, of the Lord and not into the hands of men. For as his majesty is, so is his mercy. Well, I'm, there's going to have to be a part three to this. I, I'm not going to be able to get around it. There's going to be a part three to this. So, with that, brothers and sisters, uh, this, this two hours has, has come to an end. Thank you for your patience and enduring um, as, we, as we're going through this. Hopefully, uh, this is able to give, give, give you a, a chance to, to reestablish, um, uh, or if not even reestablish, to, to get, a, uh, um, get a perspective about once you come in and, and, and even after you come in, there's going to be times when you reset yourself and be like, cool, I'm going to start doing it for the most high. I'm going to start doing it for the most high. And you want to do good and you want to start doing right by the Father, but it seems like that's when the temptations hit you the hardest. That's when the, the, the desire uh, uh, of wanting to do for self, getting tired of enduring, getting tired of having patience, getting tired of, of, of uh, it seems like you don't get no good ever coming to you. These are times, brothers and sisters, we had to be patient and hold on that much more into the scriptures and believe that much more in the scriptures. All right? So with that, um, we're about to, I'm about to say shalom. Uh, the reminder, Passover is April 9th. It's in uh, Newport News, uh, Virginia this year. Uh and please don't forget to log on to ISBHBK YouTube channels, either ISBHBK uh, San Antonio, ISBHBK Houston, or ISBHBK Norfolk, all right? uh, or any other Hebrew Israelite uh, teachers out there. Grab them. Hold on to them. Embrace them. Study them. It's all going to be needed. All right? It's all going to be needed. So with that, brothers and sisters, uh, my name is Mashaba. I right, thank, uh, thank you everybody for, for tuning in. And, and with that, I'm going to say shalom. Yeah.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.